Welcome to this episode of Mia Lux and Love, brought to you by Levette, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles, something I've been building and is exactly the kind of place we have these kinds of conversations in the world with other amazing self-aware singles. Because one of my passions is, is taking on some of the taboos and restrictions we have around intentionally creating excellent love and excellent sex. And I know for me, I grew up in a very, I'd say like kind of conservative, prim and proper Protestant household. So, you know, we didn't talk about things like sex. And I think I always felt an enormous amount of, I don't know if it was shame, but certainly the feeling that, well, you shouldn't, certainly something you don't talk about. And it's certainly something you don't talk about to someone you're actually having sex with. And this always cracks me up. Like if you talk to people about like, oh, do you talk about sex? They're like, yeah, I chat with my girlfriends or I talk to my guy friends. I'm like, no, no, no. Do you talk about sex with the person you're actually having sex with? Do you say what you like? Do you ask for what you want? You know, do you uh, discuss what kind of explorations you want to have? And most of us honestly go, ah, uh, no, hard pass. And why? Well, you know, I guess it's easy to take things personally or to feel a lot of fear or shame about what someone might think or asking for something that feels too edgy or just being embarrassed. I think it's, you know, we haven't been trained to have these kinds of conversations. And so that's why I'm excited to, to have this, this uh, discussion today with Bibi Bodroshka, who's, who's such an expert in this space and is so good when it sort of comes to the question of how do we ask for what we want in the bedroom? A little bit about Bibi, you know, she's a certified love, sex and relationship coach. She speaks around the world and she has this amazing like trailblazing approach to sexuality. She calls energetic lovemaking. And I was lucky enough to see her, you know, she speaks all over the world and, and runs amazing workshops. And I experienced her live at one of the events I host, uh, Mind Valley's A-Fest, where she gave an incredible keynote presentation where she took this thing called, you know, conscious sexuality, which to me has always been, I guess, a little confusing. And she just broke it down so clearly. And then she led a workshop, which I, you know, I'll talk a little bit about in the interview, uh, a live workshop where she helped guide over like, you know, 150 people through this incredible intimate experience of like, being energetically connected and cultivating this sort of sexual energy. But one of the things I really love about her is that she's such a great communicator. She knows how to ask for what she wants. She knows how to kind of set the container with a lover. And these are, you know, hard earned techniques and tools that she's going to teach us in this conversation. It's actually funny because I was experimenting with this recently. Uh, there's this kind of, it's a kink spreadsheet you can get. I think it's like kinkyevents.co.uk. And, you know, you can download the spreadsheet and it has like 300 sex acts right? like and stuff, honestly, like I'd never even heard of before. And it was a very interesting sort of list to go through. And, and how it works is you put next to each act hard limit, soft limit, you know, neutral, would try, must have. Right. And it's a way to kind of go through and think about, like, what are you interested in? What would you like to try? And I used it as like a launch point to talk with, you know, a lover around like, you know, what could be good for us? Like each of us went through it separately, then came together and me very embarrassedly with like a red face, you know, <sighs> really pushing my boundaries. Um, we used it as a conversation piece to talk about like what we're into or what we're open to. And honestly, it was transformative. It, it created a foundation for discussing sex and designing sex and creating sex in a way that I just didn't know was possible before. And now having this conversation with Bibi, she really helps us guides with the language of like how to have these conversations well, you know, so that people's feelings don't get hurt and so that we're doing it gracefully and beautifully 
and for the benefit of both people. So I hope you enjoy this. Buckle up and get juiced up. How to ask for what you want in the bedroom. Bibi, thank you so much for joining us and helping me to explore this quite difficult question, especially when you're single and dating, which is how do you ask for what you want in the bedroom? Because this is a fine art. And we were just laughing before. We were saying, like, listen, talking about sex in general can sometimes be hard for people. But talking about sex with the people you're actually having sex with, for some reason, seems so much harder, right? It seems even harder than talking about sex with people you're not having sex with. How funny is that, right? Yes. Well, I feelings at stake and so I know you know you're being a specialist in this area having those conversations well knowing the right kinds of language knowing the right moment I'm really excited so maybe we could just start like we can dive into it like what are some of the ways to have this conversation about what we want well with the person we're exploring with yeah so I think I would start with the mindset so I think where a lot of people come from is a fear that if they bring this conversation up, they either going to be judged or they might be even rejected uh, by the person they're dating. I like to call it filter versus rejection. So even if you bring this topic up and the person you're dating is going to run away because you started having these conversations, it's not really a rejection. It's a filter. And you just, like, like, yeah, like rather than feeling like it's rejection, you go, listen, if this person can't have this conversation with me, maybe they're not the right person. Absolutely. And you probably just saved yourself bad sex. So, again, not taking it personally, but using it as a tool to see if you're compatible or not. So, I think when you take it from this perspective, a lot of pressure. And a lot of fear goes away and we can approach it from a more playful space and more light space. So again, to me, I love to bring a little bit of um, fun or even jokes or lightness because sometimes those conversations about sex can feel really sex, really heavy and really serious. But you've seen there's a really funny scale. It's called like the sexy, the sexy serious mm-hmm. scale. And that like, if you are sexy, like sexy, sexual and serious, it feels kind of creepy. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) Here are the kinds of sex I want versus bringing the energy of like lightness and playfulness. So I I, I, I think they really love about your work and how you teach it is that there really is this almost like innocence and curiosity and play, which means you don't have to like, it doesn't have to be so scary. You don't take it so seriously. Absolutely. Now, another another tip I have is not having those conversations while you're having sex, because that's going to basically be a buzz killer and it's going to be intimidating and uncomfortable. You want to have those conversations beforehand. So another important point that we often actually forget about. Now, I like to start with being really vulnerable because let's let's as you said let's say it most of the people are somewhat uncomfortable about that so how about we start a conversation saying hey i'm slightly uncomfortable bringing this topic up but i think it's important that we have this conversation or i'm a little out of my comfort zone having this conversation but i actually feel safe with you and seems like you are open and um, and conscious, 
So I thought this would be a great conversation to have. I love that. Just adri- like just addressing what could feel awkward up front so that, you know, you're not trying to like put on the attitude that like, yeah, I'm a, I am I know how to talk about sex and I'm so comfortable. And then you can feel that energy with somebody, right? When this is kind of like underlying awkwardness that isn't being expressed. Absolutely. And I like to say, you know, when you name it, uh, you can claim it and you can tame it. So if you just simply stated that you are feeling a little awkward or feeling uncomfortable or out of your comfort zone, then really you claiming it so you can tame it. And it also allows the other person to feel uh, more comfortable with the discomfort. And I have tried it and tested it many times and it really, really works. And I even remember one of my lovers on our uh, first conversation said, well, I'm glad you're saying it because I'm actually feeling a little uncomfortable and intimidated by you as well. And that just both of us stating that at the very beginning, it just took all the pressure away. And then we really flew at that. So that's my other tip. Now, so to so have that conversation outside of the bedroom, you know, mm-hmm. understand that it's, it's filtering, it's not rejection, you know, really be vulnerable first. So you're sort of setting yourself up to win in that conversation. Absolutely. And then bring some lightness and smile and maybe even a joke or, again, uh, some fun stories so it doesn't feel that heavy. Now, another thing, um, I would just be yourself and be authentic in expressing what you want. Don't try to be something else. Don't try to hide um, kind of your core essence, because to me, it's just going to backfire sooner or later. Uh, so just, again, being real uh, and not trying to pretend or cover up something, um, then just relaxing into it. So really being in your body. So instead of being totally in your mind and in this uncomfortable emotion, since we're going to be talking about sex, embodiment, our body's desires, let's drop into the body. So really taking few deep inhales, longer exhales, relaxing, feeling your body, moving your hips. So it's going to help you to really have not just the, you know, mind to mind conversation, but so you can actually embody what you are asking for. And that's to me is such a more powerful transmission not just talking because you can say, hey, I really like slow sex and I really like slow and long and uh, this and that foreplay. Well, it doesn't come across like that, right? Well, if you slow down, I am really into slow and sensual and longer foreplay. That's what really brings me a lot of pleasure and what I really appreciate in my lovers, right? That comes across so differently. So flavor like the energetic flavor of what you of what you're like asking for or looking for and then your lover can feel into that and feel into like what you're what you're inviting or asking for I love that absolutely and it also is just communicating so much more powerfully non-verbally but also with your whole body with your whole energy with your whole frequency now I also sometimes like to even make it maybe later down the road, if you're a little bit more comfortable, I like to make it kind of a part of a pre-foreplay. So I am personally into teasing and building up 
uh, tension and building up just a, a little bit of a romance, a little bit of anticipation. That really turns me on. So sometimes if you're really into something, you can text each other and you can let each other know, oh, I'm really looking for a slow, passionate kissing session with you tonight. Or I'm really looking forward to a you know, loving and erotic breast massage, right? So there is also communicating in this way and kind of making it already into the anticipation and tips, what you want to get out of the lover and making it. It's the flirting and the sexiness. So like you're building it up and you're also communicating what you're desiring, right? So it's like sitting, setting each other up to win because they know what you're looking forward to. And I'm guessing when you share what you're looking forward to, people probably share back as well, right? So you're getting it both ways. Absolutely. Now, I also like to ask, make sure that the partner knows that we're also interested in what they are really about. It's not just about me, me, me. I am also genuinely interested in what the other person is about. Now, there is a tricky part, so you have to feel into this. Let's say if you're with someone who never had that conversation, it might be easier that you start setting the tone or giving them an example to what depth to go or what can be some of the ideas. Um, And other times when you already had those conversations and you feel a little bit more comfortable, then you can start asking uh, your partner, what is it that you desire? What would turn you on tonight? What is your favorite love language? Now, again, I start my conversations as if it's the first time I really bring it up pretty early on. And I would say something along the lines, I am into conscious intimacy. I am into conscious sexuality, uh, where we really take time to connect, where we really take time to get to know our love language, our erotic preferences, what we like, what turns us on, and and taking time to first really become intimate and then sensual. And then I'm open to exploring sexuality. But for me, it's, again, conscious, intentional, uh, sensual, slow process. And... I would love to share that with you. And I'm interested to hear uh, if you're up for that, if that is something that excites you as well, if you're open to explore that. That's amazing. So you've from the very beginning, just like really share like what you're into, what you're looking for, and then exactly seeing if that is a good filter in or if a filter out, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you can see from the reaction um, of the other person, um already and yeah i guess you know it's really just much easier for the other person as well because they might be wondering what does she like what is you know what would work the best instead you're just really opening up and giving them the hints so it really makes life easier for the lover or the person in in the head in in front of you as well and and how would you communicate you know let's say there's something that it's just a hard no for you or something that you're not enjoying, what are some ways to communicate that to the person? Like, let's say, I, I know this happens a lot to a lot of my friends and people I've spoken to where, you know, they don't have this process. They start seeing somebody or they're dating and they have sex and like there's something that's not working in it, but this hard conversation of trying to say that, you're not hurting the person's feelings, but 
not wanting to like women often do yeah. just not say anything and tough and bear it out right yeah. how do we have those slightly more I think you know challenging conversations yeah so there is a simple process and we use this a lot in tantra where you share free things you share your desires you share your fears and you share your boundaries so you can even bring that up and say there is a beautiful way to set a safe container to communicate and find out where we at. Would you be open to trying that? And how that works is that we both share our desires for tonight, our fears and our boundaries. And I would really love to hear from you where you at. And it would be a pleasure to share. I think it will be really sexy, juicy and will open up um, you know, intimate space where we both feel safe and can be even more playful. How about that? How does that make you feel? Would you be open to try that? I, I love how the way that you language everything is so, it's so positive and constructive. I think this is, you know, so much of what we, because we don't have the practice or the language around sex, we can give feedback that can be heard as like criticism or attack or diminishing and, you know, like we all have like sexual egos. And so we feel like, oh, I like that person's criticizing me as a lover. Uh, what I love is that everything you're, you're sharing tends to be framed in a positive way, right? Framed in terms of desires, framed in terms of, oh, I would love you to do this or this would feel good. And I can see that te that tends to be a trend. Is that, is that yeah. an accurate reflection? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, yes. And I, you know, there's, there's simple, simple phrases that always work. I would like to explore. I would like to give it a try with you. How do you, and then a question. How do you feel about that? Would you be open for that? And then you can really try that two phrases with anything, right? I love that. Because, so would you, yeah, like I'd like to try, or, you know, and then would you be open to it? So exactly. Fire and then exactly. change it down. Yeah. Like that. And I also say that you want to turn your complaints into compliments. So that's an important one. And why am I saying this? Because you mentioned that I like positive statements. So turning, again, I'm going to repeat that, turning complaints into compliments. So instead of saying, you're going too fast, I'm not ready for that. You could say, hey, that feels good, but I would love... For us to go a little slower, is that okay with you? Do you say that? So that feels good. I appreciate um, you taking the effort. I would love to go even slower. Is that okay with you? Right? And right, so like turning it into an expression of a desire versus a criticism of what's happening. So rather than being like, I don't no. like that. That feels bad. You're bad. Like essentially, what someone would hear is, I'm a bad lover or they're criticizing me. It's a yeah. positive redirection into a desire. Like, mm, I think it would feel, I would love to try this even slower. Or could you push a little harder? Or could you touch a little more like this? I think that would be amazing in giving that positive feedback. Absolutely. And again, along the same lines, I really try to focus on what works. So there are so many different ways we can communicate what we are enjoying and again, we, you know, it's like in the dark room, we, we have that lighter, right? And we, we can decide where we want to point at this light. And that's what we're going to see. If we decide to point it on everything that doesn't work, that's what we're going to see. But we, instead, we can try to point out to what works. So it's like, 
oh, you know what? When you kiss me slowly and whisper to my ear um, what you find attractive about me, that turns me on so much. Or when you slowly massaging my breasts and when you are blowing uh, air on my nipples, that feels orgasmic. That feels delicious. I would want, I would love more of that. So really enforcing what you're enjoying the most, and, and you can enforce it. Lover, yeah, I mean, think about it. Like most people would love to please their lover. Like most of us want to give pleasure to the other person. Like we have that in us, and so being you know being told what's working and being validated and encouraged for doing it well is so much more effective than kind of like slapping us on the wrist for like making a mistake here or not knowing this right like it's such a different approach absolutely so again pointing out and you know even after I always talk about something what I call conscious closure where we don't just you know, fall asleep or just departure. We really take time to give each other feedback and again, mentioned what worked, what we enjoy the most and what we want more of. So, so feedback, it, it would be positive feedback in this situation. Yeah, I would again, focus on what worked. So let's say we, okay. So let's, why don't we run like a little scenario? So sure. you, how would I do that? So let's say I actually like to create my own reality. Okay, so for example, I even let's say I'm inviting someone to my place for the very first time, I would set the tone that again speaks and facilitates to what I want to create. So I am slow, I am sensual. So this is the environment that I'm going to create. And I have slow and sensual music. I have candles, I have incenses, my whole place is cozy and full of pillows. And it's just, you know, I, my place is not full of black leather and, you know, masculine minimalistic. My place already invites what I want to bring up more of. And I would invite a person and I would let them know in advance. So I actually, and I tried this many times, I tested it. So I would say I are you open for spending an evening with me? I would love you to, I would love to invite you to my place. I would like to get to know you more, to get intimate uh, and possibly sensual. And that is what is my intention for tonight. I, at this point, I am not, the intention is not to get sexual. So yeah, if you open for that, if you can honor that, I would love you to be my guest. I love that. So such clarity, right? Which again, like I think about in dating so much, what happens is people trying to read between the lines. We're trying to figure out totally. what do they want? What are they interested in? How much, like, uh, do they want me to kiss them? Do they not? Like there's, there's, there can be exactly. so many miscommunications. Oh, if I go to his place, do I have to have sex with him or not? If I'm going to invite him, will he want to have sex? And then both parties are actually wondering uncomfortable. Damn it. Let's you know, just put it out so there. Hard. Yeah. It's so hard to connect and feel safe enough to connect when there's this kind of like stress or tension running between you. So I love that. So you start with real clarity. Totally. And again, you know, I use a lot of questions. Are you open for that? Is that something that excites you? So it's, doesn't feel like I'm imposing something on anyone. It gives them a chance to, to respond. And it's a more loving, kind and inclusive way to bring things up. 
And then, you know, when I do invite uh, someone on a date uh, to my place, uh, then I actually suggest a lot of practices. We are often afraid to bring things up, but in my experience, all the men that I invited on dates actually appreciated that I gave it some structure and appreciated that they are, I gave them some guidance and they were excited to learn new things. So I have a couple of practices where we share what we are excited about or what we are grateful for or what we are challenged by. I have some intimacy cards that we draw with different questions. And then when I feel a little bit more comfortable, I can open up a conversation and I say, I, you know, what, what do I like? I like going deep and intimate before going physical. I like anticipation. I love building up excitement and waiting for it. I love a long foreplace. Um, so I'm already giving hints, which are not even yet that sexual. Do you see my, my point? Do, here? Right. And, so, and, and in that way, again, like I can imagine for me, having those kinds of conversations lets me know a lot about who that person is. And, you know, again, just thinking from a dating perspective, feeling into like, oh, is that a fit? Because hearing how someone shares about they want about what they want could be a massive turn on. Like here. Absolutely. Like, um, Absolutely. And then of course, if it's not a fit, you're like, oh, okay, well, this person's kind of got a different style to me. You're at least aware of that. So, you know, if you wanted to, you can, you'd have the conversation about it versus like what we do, which I always laugh. I'm like, we do sex by trial and error. Like, think about how ridiculous it is. I know. Like, and we hold the bed and we just like grab at each other, hoping something works. Like, it's crazy. No, and it's hope. It's like hoping <laughs> you're going to find the, the amazing lover, you know? And again, now, Mia, what's important here is that in order to do all these things, you really need to understand what you like. You really need to have knowledge about your own body and your own preferences. So there is some work to be done because sadly, a lot of people don't. I have a lot of courses for women when they come and say, well, you know, I, I don't really know what I like. I'm not sure I want to be touched. I am not sure what's the best way to uh, facilitate an orgasm for me. So you first re really need to connect to your own confidence, your own body, your own sexuality to be able to have those conversations and so there are some simple tips. So just in, before I turn it over to you, there are some simple tips and let's say conversation starters that most people know. So you can ask, hey, what is your love language? Most people know what the love languages are. Mine is touch and quality time. I really, that's why I like to connect intimately and really have deep conversations and vulnerable shares uh, before we progress. And then I love touch. So really slow, sensual touch in different ways. This is what turns me on. What are your love languages? What a beautiful way to start asking in an easy way. And then another one is you can ask, what is your erotic blueprint? That's a little bit step further, but most people know. And if they don't know, hey, you know, why don't we open a website and do the quiz? So these are, again, easy ways to start and help people if they don't know what they like. To, to start having those conversations beforehand. Yeah, I think maybe that is like such a key, it's such a key part of asking for what you want is actually knowing what you want. You're right. Like this, I think there's been, I think like when was the first time I actually asked myself, like, what do I want? And like, what actually feels good to me? 
because that, that was not something I was, there's no, there was no sex ed in my life that was like, now explore the different types of touch and pleasure and see what feels good. You know, like there was nothing available um, to me and to most people as they grew up. And so this idea mm -hmm. of starting very much with like exploring yourself. So, you know, the last question I ask you in this vein is for someone who is, let's say at that step, who mm -hmm. doesn't entirely know what they want, what is one thing they could do apart from like the love languages, they brought a blueprint, like what's one thing they could do to kind of start experimenting with what actually turns them on? Up-level their self-pleasure game. <laughs> so really that's how it all starts. It all starts with ourselves. And, you know, I always give this beautiful example. Imagine two guitar players who come together and they want to play in a duo. They want to give a concert and none of them knows how to play their own guitar. What kind of concert is going to be that? Or do you think they're going to play in sync? No, they won't. So it's the same thing here. You want to learn to play your own instrument before you're going to start playing in a duo with someone. And the best way to do that is to have, I call it, high vibration masturbation practice. Conscious self-pleasure. When it's much less intimidating to really explore your body. It's not just five-minute... Uh, you know, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. But it's really taking time, scheduling one hour for your self-pleasure practice a week, activating your whole body, using the breathing, using different type of touch, exploring different parts of your body. And that works both for men and women. So you can really start playing your own instrument so you can guide the partner because it's not miraculously that you want to hope to attract a great lover for you you can guide other people into being a great lover for you. And if, you, if for anyone listening, if that sounds like something you want to learn, you make sure you find BB. She, you can find her Instagram at, at Planet BB. You can find her, you know, she's got a Mind Valley course. I mean, she's really helped so many people, women really figure out how to experience pleasure in their bodies, how to do it as a couple too. So I know for a lot of this is that hearing that goes, oh, like I want to learn how to do a, an hour long self-pleasuring journey. Um, and one of the things I really appreciate about BB is that, you know, conscious sexuality can feel very intimidating. Uh, but mm -hmm. something you do so well is to break it down into super, super tangible, practical steps. Mm -hmm. I was really lucky. I actually, the way that I met BB was at AFES, which is a live event in I saw her talk, but I was also part of one of her workshops where we had like, there was like 150 people in a room at like nine o'clock at night. And she led us through a partnered exquisite foreplay mm -hmm. workshop where we actually did the practices and clothes on. But one of the things that really blew me away was how the, the all the different erogenous zones of the body that aren't like overtly sexual parts of the body mm -hmm. and just, you know, learning how to activate and to create pleasure in oneself with a partner. So I cannot recommend her work enough. If any of this excites you, go find her and find a way to work with her. And maybe one last question for you, which is this. Mm -hmm. If there was one thing you could teach every single person out there who's, you know, trying to create love and sex and happiness and relationship in their life, what would you teach them? I would teach them that it all starts with themselves first. And is it sexuality or is it love? The same way you, you are an um, orgasmic, sovereign human being. 
So explore, tap into your own sexual energy, play with that the same way you want to feel full, you want to be in love with yourself. And then another partner is a bonus. You can want him, you can still desire him, but you don't need anyone. You're not trying to find someone to fill the gap. You're not trying to find someone because you feel lonely, but really sexually, energetically, emotionally, you are full and then you, therefore you can attract the partner. And it's, I know it sometimes can sound a little bit cliche, but I really understood it when I started to explore with sexuality this way. And I started to give myself first beautiful G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms, and just understanding my body and energy. And then my intimacy with partners just went through the roof. So you don't have to wait. You don't need to wait for the one. You can actually create it within yourself. And then you're just going to attract those partners from a very different place. And you're going to be more confident speaking about it, sharing and asking for what you want. So even if you're single, because you probably are single when you're on this platform, while you're dating, still take time to cultivate all that within yourself. I love that. I love that. Start with the self first. And we said like an orgasmic sovereign being. What a beautiful way to put it. Like if we were all orgasmic sovereign beings who were able, who knew what we loved, knew what we wanted, could communicate kindly. Imagine how different sex and love and dating would be. It's beautiful. Absolutely. So, well, hopefully that's what exactly what you're going to create, Mia, with your... I, I hope so. And, and again, like anyone listening, um, look in the show notes for the, the links to Bibi's different sites and to her Instagram and Bibi, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that beautiful roadmap for us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are single and you are ready for something better, do check out what I've built with Livette. We're offering a free month trial and you can get a real sense for you know how this is such a different kind of platform. It's 100% video, 100% vetted, like actual background checks, and 0% BS. We've even built in an amazing automated anti-ghosting system. I really designed Levet as a conscious response to so much of, you know, I'd say the disruptive and antisocial behaviors I saw in dating. And so this is an amazing virtual social club where you can meet and play with people who are on the same page, playing by the same rules. It is so much fun inside. So. If you're single and want to check it out, make sure you go to the show notes below and start your application. 